Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast, and today is fabulous. We're continuing on about the parent, the adult, and the child in every relationship that because you have a parent in yourself, a ch- an adult, and a child. The parent is usually your inner critic, the person that's telling you what should be done, what should not be done. The adult in you is the person that really, you know, you want to be. You know, I'm a 52-year-old adult woman. That's how I present myself. That's how I show up in my life. The child in me, the inner child, the hurt inner child shows up as the triggered, angry 10-year-old, the person that has the, you know, disproportionate reactions to seemingly innocent transactional, you know, transactions between people, you know, and this is played out in marriages and relationships everywhere, but nobody really gets it until they do, until they find somebody like me or they find somebody, a different relationship coach or therapist or books or whatever, you know, they can somehow they run across it. But most people are traveling through this life unaware that they're being covertly controlled by a angry, sad, bitter, um, depressed, anxious inner child that is fearful of life, that is nothing but full of fear. And the triggered reactions come from fear of abandonment, feeling not good enough, feeling ugly, feeling stupid, all of these things that you came to believe about who you are based on your programming. Okay, so marriage is actually the most complicated of all human relationships. You know, very few alliances can produce such extremes of emotion and um, or can quickly travel from bliss to cold, terminal, legal write-off, mental cruelty, right? So when, if you were to stop and consider the massive content of archaic data, which each of partner brings to a marriage, to a relationship, to a partnership, you wonder how any relationship survives, right? Because the family tribes, how you were raised, who you were raised by, your programming will eventually, uh, uh, you know, rear its head when you are in the power struggle and every relationship gets to a power struggle. And usually, you know, when I'm dealing with codependence, um, you know, and I have a lot of codependents that are in relationships with other codependents. It's not just the codependent and the narcissist. It's two codependents too. And one is primarily usually, you know, it begins as the rescuer, the other is the victim. And then the, then, you know, wherever they're at in the power struggle, whatever moment they're in, one of them becomes the persecutor. And it just, the board, you know, it's called the drama triangle, Cartman, uh, oh God, what's his name? I can't remember his first name, but I have done podcasts on the drama triangle. I call it the dreaded game. Go look back through my 70s, whatever. I think this is my 78th um, podcast. Go find it. You got to learn all about the drama triangle, the dreaded game, because you're in it. You're in it. And most likely you are in it. And you will have a habitual role. 
and you learn that habitual role in your family of origin, right? So most of the time, you ready for this? The average marriage contract is made by the child, which understands love as something you feel, not something you do, which sees happiness as something you pursue rather than a byproduct of working toward the happiness of someone other than yourself. Fortunate and rare are the young partners whose parents, you know, within them contains the impressions of what a good marriage is because many of us have rarely ever seen a good marriage, have we? So we borrow this concept of marriage from a highly romanticized fiction, Disney, right? Wherein the husband, well, in Disney, actually, there's always a princess and a prince. And by the way, I never bought into that crap about kissing a frog and the frog turns into the prince, right? Like, that wasn't happening for me. I was petrified, so scared of words. <laughs> and I don't think you can get a word from a frog. But anyways, yeah, so... But what do we see? Like June and Ward Cleaver, you know, um, and if you're not an American and you never watch Leave it to Beaver, basically you have the executive husband, the stay-at-home mom, and the nice two little, two boys, a girl and a boy, whatever, and they go to school and they're good, nice little people, okay? Um, yeah, that's not really realistic. So, um, you know, the, your husband comes home from the wonderful advertising company he works at with a bouquet of roses to this slender, radiant wife awaiting him, you know, with this beautifully, perfectly decorated home that is amazingly clean all the time. Nothing's out of place, right? The candles are lit. The stereo is making, you know, is playing this beautiful music that you will make love by as soon as you put your perfect, you know, two children to bed. Ha! What a joke. Okay, now, when this big illusion begins to shatter, which it will, when the carpets are worn down, the husband might lose the job, stop saying I love you, the stereo won't work anymore, the wife gains a little bit of weight because she's eating too many cookies. I don't know, whatever. When shit starts hitting the fan, oh, all of a sudden the I love you stops. The back robes stop, the flowers stop, everything stops. And now everything's in pieces. And what is borrowed is the illusion of what is blue for the child right? So the adult having nowhere else to turn within you, you know, the adult within you turns on your partner. So it has been recognized and I, and I, and I see this and I know this, that best marriages grow when both partners have similar backgrounds and similar reality interests. Now, it doesn't mean you have to come from two secure families because secure families, you know, um, they say 60% of people have a secure attachment style. I don't believe it. I don't. I would say the number's more around 30 to 40%, right? I would say that more people than not come from dysfunction, 
of some sort, enmeshment of some sort, a hidden toxic shame secret of family of some sort. But there are people that are, you know, again, okay, let's call it 40% of the population comes from a secure family background and they have a secure attachment style. But when you have the child in charge of planning the marriage, all dissimilarities, just things, things that are not similar, are ignored, okay? And the contract reads, till death do us part. So when you are in the, you know, romantic love staging stage, you feel like something's familiar. You feel like, oh, this time I'm going to get my needs met. This time this person's going to love me the way I deserve to be loved. This time I am going to get my inner child healed. All of it's going to be there. No, you're not seeing your inner child, but something feels really familiar and really good. And you're ignoring the red flags and the child is in control. The child is saying, this feels good to me. And that is the only time, by the way, the only time we... When our child, inner child, is covertly controlling us, can ignore the inner critic within us. That's the only time we silence that garbage person. Do you realize that? Probably not, but I'm telling you. That is the only time you silence your inner critic is when you are in a romantic love stage. When you're either getting love bombed or you're just feeling the familiarity. The only time. All the rest of the times we we listen to our inner critic like they know they are the one that parent within us oh yeah okay so basically the child is loving the dance and you know what um you know what we both love dancing we both want lots of children we both love ho- horses we're both on acid <laughs> Perfection is seen in perishable wonders, perishable wonders, things that will perish, okay? And basically, sometimes the bond is established on the basis of mutual protest, on the mistaken assumption that one's enemy is one's friend, okay? It's it's much the same as the manner of two children mad at their mothers, comfort each other in a bond of mutual misery, right? Well, some couples will hang together and it's us against the world as, you know, some sort of a protest against they, right? Like it's us. It's us against the world. We hate together. We, we've been wrong together. We can maybe be victims together, but somebody's always rescuing, trust me. So what happens is it's delusional. And it's an illusion. And eventually, they become objects of their own bitterness against each other. So, one of the most helpful ways, okay, for me to do two things. One, to help people before marriage, which I am actually am. I have so many things in this life I want to do and I need to take the time. But I'm going to work on a pre-marital, pre-relationship course, um, or workshop, more like it would probably be a workshop, because, and also, what and, and I do this with couples too, is to examine their similarities and dissimilarities in the use of a transactional analysis, 
right? And you can use it in premarital counseling or, like I said, or in counseling. And it's basically, you know what, it's, it's, I construct a personality diagram of the couple contemplating either marriage or that are in marriage. And even if I'm working with one person, I can destruct their diagram and get information from them to help them change the marriage, right? So the aim is not to just expose the obvious, right? Okay, which obviously, but it's really to make a thorough and undertake a more thorough um, uh, inquiry and approach to who are you really with? Who is their inner critic? Who is their parent? What is their inner child about? What do they look like? What are their reactions? Right? So what what I, what I want to do with you guys is kind of show you how, uh, you know, this works. It's basically, first of all, I want to know, I want to compare the parent in each of them. You know, so parents in you, if you have the, you know, the parent, parent in you has countless, um, rules of conduct, conduct, right? Many shoulds, oughts. You should do this. You should behave this way. You ought to do this. You ought to do that, right? So when you are rushing into marriage based on the child, right? The inner child feeling loved and getting, you know, the, that finally the love bombing or whatever it is, you know, the familiarity, ignoring the red flags, you're not thinking about the parent, right? So you're not thinking about what you're going to eventually is going to come out your parent and their parent. And they're going to tell you, you should do this. You should behave this way. Why aren't you doing this? And it's an unwritten rule book that will come out. No, I don't even know what the rules are in my real book. You don't know yours until somebody does not follow your rule. Okay. So, um, it's, it's like ideas of like whatever a parent put into your head, you know, um, you're judged by the company you keep, don't do anything that's beneath you, um, you know, uh, only, uh, only slutty girls wear short, short skirts, people that get tattoos are bad, it's those types of rules, shoulds, okay, so when you, when you look at the parent in a person, Okay, so there's the, those shoulds of what you ought to be doing, and there's also the inner critic, which is that parent too, right? Okay, that's part of it, which is also part of the adult. I'll get to it in a moment, but which is criticizing yourself, okay? So when you, let's say you are, um, your parents were divorced, and you were raised by your mother and your the mother overindulged you with material uh, possessions and gave you just a little bit of attention, okay? Um, because your mother herself was what? Child dominated and acted out, you know, her feelings in um, uh, displays of spending with intermittent displays of sulking, uh, withdrawal, and vindictiveness, now, the father, well, he didn't come through at all, you know, because that he, you were told basically that he was a rotten bastard. All men are rotten bastards, right? So, the, so now the parent inside of you is um, fragmented, inconsistent, and might come off as controlling, um, impulsive, also child-dominated, 
like the mother, okay? Um, now, let's say you get with a parent, uh, person that's parent, um, was the opposite of that, okay? Um, basically, the parents were um, present but controlling. Um, the, you know, your, the father worked hard, at, you know, late at night. Um, you were brought up in a way that was, you know, everything, you, you know, you had to sit at the table for dinner in certain manners. You had to dress in a certain way, uh, at Christmas. And, you know, there's all these, these, these rules. It was rigid, oppressive. Okay. Um, and basically though, you felt mm, who you were was not okay. Okay, so now, imagine what these two parents are going to end up like. So one person is coming from, again, rule-oriented, oppressive, um, you know, being told if you don't do this, then you're this, all that. Okay, then the other person who you're with comes from, you know, the dad was a rotten bastard. The mom um, just overindulges herself, overindulges you, but pays no attention. Okay, so now you have two completely different parents. Now, what's who, so let's look at the adult. What would the adult might, might look like? Okay, so um, the adult and the one partner, intelligent, well-educated, enjoys a wide variety of in, interests, right? She likes classical music, um, you know, re, has read the literary classics, enjoys making things with her hands, you know, uh, does creative things. Enjoys discussing, you know, philosophy stuff, philosophical and religious ideas. Um, you know, very concerned about the consequences um, of things. Um, you know, and also, like, think about it, like, um, this is where you, you, the thoughts would come in, the parent contamination of the adult. It would be like, any man over 30 who isn't married is no good. A woman who will smoke will do anything. You know, anyone who can't get through college is lazy. You know, what can you expect of a divorced man, right? So now you're with, okay, now that is the contamination of the parent in this adult person. Now you're with your boyfriend who you want to marry, um, who is still self-indulgent, overindulged as he was as a little boy, uninterested in, you know, <laughs> school, dropped out of junior college, didn't turn him on. He wasn't stupid. But he had little interest in philosophy and religion, that's for sure. Um, you know, he couldn't spell, so that's going to annoy her. Um, you know, and basically, the adult in him and the adult in her are two completely different people, contaminated by the parent in two different ways. Now let's look at the child in each of them. Her child was hungry for what? Affection, anxious to please, frequently depressed, sensitive to incoming signals of criticism, right? Like the criticism would be like, ugh, really pr produce strong feelings of not being good enough. Um, didn't, didn't, had very little self-esteem. She thought of herself as plain, right? Um, now, his, that's her child, right? And she's swept off of her feet by this man that she can't believe would love her because he's so beautiful. Well, then his child within him was aggressive, self-serving, manipulative. He had always gotten his way. Remember that. And he planned to get his way with her too, which was, you know what, part of the problem. Because the parent and her 
would not allow her to enjoy sexual, exotic, different ways of having sex. Why? Because the parent in her said, that's only for girls that are floozy, right? Um, his child, you know, was so contaminated that his adult and his parents were so weak that, you know what? He couldn't weigh the consequences of anything. So he just basically said, I'll think about that tomorrow, right? It's instant gratification, instant gratification. So as the relationship progresses, guess what happens? There's less and less to talk about. Nothing existed between the parent parent. Little existed between the adult adult. And what did exist on the child child level soon basically produced major disturbances in what? And the girl's parent, her parents, the, the, the things that her parent would tell her, that inner critic is coming out. He's this. You know what? You don't do this. So... Well, guess what happens? Then the relationship, guess what happened? Began to settle in the parent-child pattern. She became, she assumed the role of the responsible and critical partner, and he assumed the role of the manipulative testing child, reproducing his original situation in childhood, and she's reproducing, basically, believe it or not, her place in childhood, maybe with a friend even. Not so much as with her parents, but she became the parent. She had to become the parent. And at first she thought this was gonna be different, but it, it wasn't. So now you've got people, guess what happened? It can't work, right? Because the, the, it, it, there was little promise for happiness for either one of them. And her child, okay, um, was very vulnerable to, you know, men. And, you know, because why? Basically, she felt like she was less than. She wasn't, she felt she wasn't good enough for really nice guys, you know. Um, she discovered that finally that what she was looking for in a man was basically on her who I am is not okay position. Yes, this was a client of mine. And what you have to understand is this, is that not all relationships are so easy to figure out, but most of them are. Because all they have to do is take a look at your parent, your adult, and your child. And I don't even let you know I'm looking at the, like the three things I'm saying. Show me your inner child. Give me your childhood timeline. And from there I dissect. And nine times out of 10, People that coming to me, that come to me, have inner child wounding, and they're reacting from the inner child. Their adult cannot adult because the parent is parenting the adult who's not actually adult, and all of this is being controlled by the inner child who has actually entered into the union of marriage or the long-term relationship based on what a child needs, which is basically all of their needs filled, which become voids because none of them were filled, filled, ugh, filled when they were children. Part three coming up. Thank you so much for tuning in to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you. For some freebies, workshops, all of it, click the link in here in the notes. And thank you. Bye-bye.